podcast is presented as entertainment, not flight instruction. Though some participants are certified flight instructors, their comments, opinions, and discussions of flying techniques are theirs alone. None of the co-hosts or guests on this podcast are acting as your flight instructor. Please consult your own CFI for guidance on your specific flight training, aeronautical knowledge, and aircraft operation. is the Stuck Mike Avcast, an aviation podcast about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. Episode 238, Aviation from Home, what we are doing to fulfill our passion in aviation. Coming up next in this episode of the Stuck Mike Avcast. Now here are your co-hosts, Victoria Newville, Eric Crump, Larry Overstreet, Russ Rosleski, Tom Frick, Rick Felty, and Carl Valeri. Well, folks, welcome to the Stuck Mike Avcast, a show about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. Today, we're going to discuss how we're fulfilling our aviation passion from home. Uh, but uh, before we get started, I do want to say hi to everybody first because we have people from all over the place and throughout the country. Just to give you an idea of of uh, the location. So first, we're going to start with Bill. Hey, Bill, how you doing, buddy? Doing great. Uh, glad to be back. Yeah, and we're uh, from the east coast of uh, the United in, States. In northern Virginia right now. Northern Virginia, and I'm obviously in Lakeland, Florida. Russ, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Carl. Oklahoma's fine. We do actually have some severe weather moving in uh, this evening, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, weather, good. Better than uh, the other news that's been on all the time. It's nice to hear a little bit about bad weather. Uh, Victoria, <laughs> welcome to the show, man. Hey there, I'm just an hour from Bill in Frederick, Maryland, where it's been super windy, but the weather's getting better. Cool, cool. And Tom, welcome uh, to the show this evening. Hi, Carl. Uh, Coming to you from North Florida tonight. Um, It's about 75 degrees and kind of nice out here. Yeah, got your puffy jacket on, don't you? Being from Florida, that's what I would have, especially at 75. I I think it's too cold, but that's just me. (laughs) I'm a wimp when it comes to that. And Larry, hey, uh, Larry, I think you're right around the corner, are you not? Uh, Welcome to the show. Yeah, you know, kind of a stone's throw away also in Lakeland, uh, where, as has been said, it's a beautiful evening and um, uh, uh, just a a really nice night to go out for a walk. And uh, Sean, welcome back on. It's great to have you. And you're in a, in a spot that's absolutely beautiful. Loving the uh, post that you're putting out there. Yeah. Good evening. It's it's like 65 degrees, beautiful in Salt Lake City. And uh, we've, we've actually had a whole uh, run of earthquakes for the past month to distract us from the whole coronavirus thing. So... Yeah, all kinds of stuff going on. Yeah, sure is. And uh, and just uh, keep those posts coming. I just love to see you out there in nature and uh, keeping your passions alive. But uh, before we get started, a quick uh, word from our sponsor. Do you want to pursue a career in aviation as a pilot, air traffic controller, mechanic, or dispatcher? Or do you just want to earn that commercial or instrument rating, but you need help paying for it? The Aerospace Scholarships Guide at AviationCareersPodcast.com has over $50 million in available scholarships. Many of these go unused because people don't apply for them. For just $10, you'll receive a full-year subscription to the guide, which is updated monthly. Every scholarship is personally verified to make sure it's accurate and still available. More information is at AviationCareersPodcast.com. 
Well, don't forget, you can uh, get that scholarships guide over at aviationcareerspodcast.com, our sponsor of this podcast. And there's uh, 79 new scholarships for updates and a new section called Scholarships for Adults. If you want to help out with the podcast, uh, we would really appreciate it. And uh, every $10 that we raise through the Patreon account, we give away one scholarships guide. So you can do that by clicking on Become a Patron in the top right of the actual page here at the Stuck Mike Avcast. News and announcements uh, on our YouTube channel channel we have a couple uh, new videos one of them of course uh, we keep getting some questions uh the sun and fun from home video that larry and i did go check that out because that'll tell you a little bit about what you can do with your money and also uh what you can do with uh, your ticket if you want to help out with uh, sun and fun they're still going to honor the tickets by the way so go check that out there anyway let's move on to the cruise flight now entering cruise flight You know, this evening, one of the things that everybody's talking about is the fact that they've really been affected by, uh, you know, this whole coronavirus and the issue that's happening here in the United States and worldwide. We, we see what's happening with the airlines, and we see what's happening with a lot of businesses. Today, we're going to talk about general aviation and how it's affecting our lives and what we're doing to keep the passion alive. You know, the, the person that brought this up, uh, Bill English, I thought uh, it was a great idea for a show, and it's uh, something we're hearing all over the Internet. It's like, what are we doing out there? So, uh, Bill, I'm going to let you start off this roundtable by telling us a little bit about what you're doing from home, trying to keep that passion alive. Well, sure, uh, Carl. Yeah, like a lot of people, you know, renter pilot, club pilot. So um, a lot of things are shut down. So no, uh, you know, no general aviation flying for me right now. And so what do we do um, to, you know, to keep uh, keep it alive, keep the rust off, things like that? I mean, I, in some ways, I'm lucky. I do have access to a uh, to a Redbird, so officially I can stay uh, can stay current and everything. But yeah, certainly that's not in my house, uh, and it's not something I can do, uh, you know, every day. Um, so just wanted to look through we're seeing a lot of great stuff on the internet different um different organizations and companies and everything and people coming up with some great stuff you can do online but uh the first idea that uh, i wanted to talk about and kind of have everybody go around is is something that's uh kind of old school what you can do at your house and that's chair flying right we've uh we've we've heard that term maybe before of uh literally sitting in a chair and uh, and learn an airplane I wanted to talk a little bit about some some tips that uh, maybe some people have about uh, how to do that and sort of stay in the airplane even when you can't be in the airplane um, what I've got in here right now in my living room actually I've got a great uh, couple of I don't know maybe four foot by three foot cardboard uh, sheets with literally printouts of the cockpits of airplanes that I fly uh, regularly and I'll sit down there and Make a little, make a little flight. Uh, think of a place I want to go and practice um, walking all the way through that. You know, with with my iPad, you can run little things like a, you know, Garmin 1000 simulator or something like that. Can be very, very uh, cheap, very affordable, and kind of keep your head in the game. Uh, do some of that uh, that uh, you know purposeful practice. Um, you can even walk around the house. You want to. I want to take a trip to some airport I've never been to before. It's got a real complicated approach procedure or star or something like that. You can literally, you know, tape it out on the floor. Or, you know, if your kids are out in the driveway chalking, which I guess is the, the thing that kids are doing right now, uh, steal some of their chalk and draw that star, that approach procedure out in your driveway and, and fly it. And you can practice that in your head and kind of keep sharp and be ready for when you can get back in an airplane and, and make that trip. 
So let's go around the table, maybe, if anybody else has any other kind of ideas about chair flying or other ways, especially if they're, you know, low cost, low impact, you can't go run out to the store right now and, and buy a big expensive flight simulator computer for your house, but what can you do? Dude, that's like so so old school, and I love that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, by the way, uh, do you mind me ask, what, what uh, airplanes do you have? So let me see. I'm flipping over there now. I've got uh, my favorite DA40 with a with a G1000. Uh, I've got a 172, a couple of 172s uh, with G1000s, and one with a, the the uh, 650 uh, Garmin panel, and we've got an SR22 Avidyne, um, all all made of cardboard and and photographs, of course. Yeah, I actually have the uh, just the old 172 still up on my wall, and uh, it's funny because uh, it's it's old school, and most of them are like G1000. So, uh, and we're gonna get to that as far as doing doing some of the uh, the online stuff, uh, but we're not we're talking the true old school here. Um, but right. I I actually you know it's funny you said that, and it's uh, I've actually been doing it for for my plane at work and also for uh, my Cherokee because I uh, I'm just actually it uh, does it count if it's like a picture on your screen because I, I do that a lot. Sure, why yeah, not? Yeah, Computer yeah. screen. I just I just went really old school, real simple, real cheap. Yeah, so that's I, that's cheap, right? So that's old school. But, that, yeah, but Bill, I think that's awesome using your your imagination. But uh, anyway, so Victoria, what what are you doing for uh, chair flying at home? Well, I did a lot, a lot of chair flying last year while working on my CFI, and um, so it's kind of just ingrained in me the things I do like things that I know I needed to work on. I did envision maneuvers or go through a whole pattern and stuff. And I think the thing I do the most when it's been a long time is just do the simple stuff. What happens from taxi to take off and coming around, you know, the pattern and so on and so forth. But um, especially like the emergency procedures, like those memory items that way, because if I ever am in an emergency, like I have practiced it in my head enough and I've practiced it in the air enough that it'll just go bang, bang, bang. I'll go through those bold point memory items. So um, that's what I always like to do. If it's been a long time since I've flying or I feel like I'm getting a little rusty is I'll just get in a comfy chair and I'll close my eyes. And it's almost like a meditation. So do you have like your checklist with you or? You know, that would be smart. No, I don't. I usually don't. <laughs> <laughs> that's right you can always but pull them up online ideas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well that's awesome that's really cool hey sean what are you what are you doing as far as uh, the chair flying thing yeah i uh just was hired part-time as an instructor right before this all hit and haven't actually got to start teaching yet uh because of the virus so i've just basically been going through all the maneuvers our school has a, a complete maneuvers guide standardization so sit in the chair sit with the uh you know the little cockpit poster and kind of like bill and victoria were both saying visualize each of those maneuvers get each of those you know muscle memory items down uh, as you're going through each maneuver. And then also, you know, for me anyway, just all the standard procedures for the school, whether checking our planes out, uh, looking at what kind of prerequisites we have to look at before we can send the students out, that kind of thing. It's uh, one of those things that if you're sitting on the ground and not flying, there's always something you can be doing just to be sure you're staying on top of things. So I'm just trying to do everything I can. That's cool. So Russ, what are you doing as far as the chair flying is concerned? Well, I... I don't know if I'm doing a whole lot of actual chair flying. I have been doing a whole lot of uh, POH review, I guess you'd say. I was actually pretty much right before the whole coronavirus thing started. I was asked by one of my clients who owns a Cessna 340 
uh, to he wanted to ask if I could develop a recurrent training curriculum for him that would be approved by his insurer. So I said, sure, I'll give that a shot. Um, he, he liked, he liked going to the simulator providers, but didn't want to go every year and, you know, want to do some of the training in his own airplanes. So, uh, so actually a lot of my time was spent working on, on that, which is a, a side of the business. I'm really kind of hoping to work my way into the, uh, you know, twin Cessna recurrent training thing. So yeah, a lot of time was spent you know, reviewing POHs and developing some kind of a syllabus and lesson plan and, and that kind of thing. Um, so I finished that, and now, I, I, to be honest, it's in a way, it's a little bit of a break. Is nice sometimes. I mean, I was pretty busy flying before the whole thing hit, and now you know it's uh, obviously a whole lot less. So um, yeah, I've been able to find other interests and, and pursue some things and get some things done that I haven't been able to get done before. So a little little reflection, that's for sure. That's just kind of cool I, that's a nice way to put it, Carl. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Tom, are you going to be out there stealing the chalk from the neighborhood kids just like Bill is, or, or what are you doing to do this, some of that chair flying? Oh, no, I've got my own box full. My kids <laughs> get tired of me stealing it from them because what, what Bill mentioned was actually a very great idea. And, and not only have I drawn, um, drawn stars and, and approaches on the driveway, I've also drawn runways. And I'll go out and I'll fly the pattern, and, and I'll fly a pattern sitting in a chair, and I'll fly it you know, walking out around it and just going through the motions and in my mind. Um, I've used chair flying since I was a private pilot. I mean, it was introduced to me very early on by a really great instructor that I had. And, um, you know, I've used it consistently all the way through and do to this day. You know, I'm still doing it now that I'm not getting to fly as much as I like to. Um, I've been doing the same thing. I've got posters of cockpits that I got up on the wall and I'll sit out in front of them. Um, I will plan flights um, for like a small airplane and and, uh, go fly it. And, and I try to plan a long one with fuel stops, you know, and, and then I'll go and take a few hours and actually go through and like play doing the flight and watch the weather. I'll get on aviation weather and watch what's going through and try to visualize what it was that I was going to run into had I actually done the flight that I planned out. And it's just something to keep my head in the game, you know, to just not be um, surprised the next time that I get to get back into an airplane again. But when you said flying around the chair, there's no hydraulics involved, right? You're just you're sitting in that chair. You're not moving. Kind of sounded like you were moving around in the chair. Do you actually move it around? Oh, I try to if if I can. You know, sometimes I have a chair with wheels on it. You know, and it's like I try to get myself pointing in the direction that I'm actually flying if I can. You well, know, that's cool. I try to make a little bit of realistic to it if I can. You know, but it's just one more thing, one more level that I can think about. You know, um, <laughs> I also do awesome. um, like Vic was talking about. I do I do maneuvers as well. You know, I'll go out and I'll I'll do a stall and and just think my way entirely through an entire stall and do the hand movements and get my feet on the rudder. Right and, you know, do everything that I need to do to go on and do a, you know, let's do a, a power off stall and go through the stall and the recovery and, and come out of it. I also like to go through and do emergency procedures, get the POH out and find all the emergency procedures and, you know, go through my ABCs. I'm going to lose an engine. I'm going to lose this. I'm, I'm, you know, just running through the scenarios in my mind and just making it a habit to go through and say, okay, if this happens, this is what I'm going to do. What are the items that I need to commit to memory? What are the items that I can like find inside of a POH really quick if I do get into an emergency? And these are all the things that I can practice without ever even leaving the ground. So, Tom, do you think maybe we're becoming safer pilots possibly by sitting at home and doing some chair flying? 
I guess I could be getting a safer pilot. I'd rather do it in a plane, Carl. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I get but it. Working, but it's working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the emergency procedures, I think that's the reason we do that in the in the chair. I think that's awesome. But uh, it's great advice, moving the chair around. And, and I know people that do that even in, in their normal lives instructing. So it's uh, great advice that you got from your instructor a long time ago about doing that chair flying. Um, you know, somebody who's actually in a, in a much smaller uh, area that's I'd really love to hear about how he's doing his chair flying is Larry in in that uh, motorhome. How are you able to do some chair flying? <laughs> well, you know we've got a few chairs, and that's kind of all you need. And um, you know maybe a screen to throw up a, a photo of a, a cockpit on. Um, one of my instructors at the time told me, you know, if you're going to do this chair flying stuff, you just sort of imagine it, looking at it from a from the outside viewpoint of a third party, you know, a third person standing there watching you. If you're if you're imagining yourself in a Cherokee and you're reaching down and you're you know, you just landed and you're you're retracting flat and messing with the trim you know the old wheel on the, you know the handle up on the top of the cockpit and spinning your your hand around in the circle or whatever you can you look kind of strange. So one of the things that you might want to do is find yourself a room with a door on it. As much fun as drawing with chalk on the driveway sounds, um, you know, but we can be completely you know, uninhibited and not worry about what anybody might think or wonder about uh, who might see you. Because I think it's really important to get your body into it, not just your mind. And so if you're going to, you know, if you're going to retract the flaps, reach down and retract the flaps. If you're going to adjust the trim in a Cherokee with, you know, the crank on those ceiling, uh, you know, whatever those motions are making, whatever maneuver is, and, you know, you through it physically as well as just, you know, mentally with your eyes closed or well. Sometimes those words, you know, helps you not feel like you're, you know, have people looking at you funny. Yeah, some people do look at, at us funny when we're doing the chair flying, but when they realize we're uh, doing something serious, sometimes they, they say, hey, you know, there's somebody that's really serious about their, their job. I love watching the folks that do the aerobatics, and they're out there uh, doing their chair flying uh, uh, and just moving around, and they're actually standing when they do it. It's actually pretty pretty darn cool. So uh, That's fascinating. Yeah, it sure is. It sure is. But... Uh, Anyway, uh, as far as the, the chair flying, I think that's a great idea, Bill. And I think that uh, one of the things that we can all take away from this is we've been doing this for so many years. And, um, you know, a lot of very experienced instructors here, and they're doing just a, a great, great uh, job of, of telling us, hey, this is what we need to do. And uh, so, Bill, uh, why don't you close us off as far as any other suggestions as far as uh, chair flying, then on to the, the next topic. Well, I, I think everybody had a lot of great, uh, great suggestions and, and all there. So, you know, somebody what mentioned the uh, aerobatics. I was browsing around. I should, I'll, I'll try to find the link during the show. Put it up on the there. The Blue Angels Chairfly. So, if it's good enough for the Blue Angels, it's probably good enough for us. All right. Um, the other. Uh, well, we have a we we have a whole lot of uh, great big list of tips and things that uh, that people were bringing up. But one other. Um, I want to switch gears from that old school, uh, you know, the the cardboard and the chalk and the sitting in your comfy chair uh, type of uh, work to something a little more modern in the 21st century. We mentioned some of the internet um, ideas that people are having. Uh, another kind of flying that isn't flying, we talked about chair flying, is hangar flying. And there's a lot of great groups out that are sponsoring things, you know, using stuff like Zoom and the other uh, um 
softwares like that. I don't know what you call those things, but you know where you where a whole bunch of people can get on at once and host things like uh, hangar flying sessions, um, a safety seminar that's virtual that's online. Um, we've got a group around here based uh, near me here in Leesburg. Um, it's called the Smokehouse Pilots Club, and I know there's a ton of them all over the place. And uh, the uh, those guys uh, are normally a social club. Uh, it's not a flying club that owns airplanes type of thing, but more like a meetup type of club. And they host seminars and, and things like that, and they've really taken to the online. In fact, they had one just uh, – I was on one just before we got here. Tonight it was about uh, leaseback and aircraft ownership. And they've been doing things like a safety seminar where they had a ask a designated pilot examiner. So they got on and had um, a local pilot examiner and CFIs and, I don't know, dozens of people on, and you could just sit around and chat with them. And look around. Look around in your area. There's a ton of those uh, type of things around that have been uh, working really good. I hope uh, some of you have found some of those things in, uh, in your areas as well. Well, you know, Bill, the, the other thing, too, I've noticed is a lot of these seminars, if you can't make them, I and this is actually what I've been doing, I've been actually watching the, the recorded sessions, so it's not just live. Don't forget, you can actually, if you miss it, you can watch them online, and I actually haven't seen exactly. one live, but just like you said, I mean, they're, they're awesome. They're, they're, they're terrific, um, and uh, that's it's such a great idea. But uh, anyway, yeah, the, don't forget, I mean, the, you have all those different things, Zoom. Even on YouTube, you have the YouTube Live, you have Facebook Live. Uh, and the other thing, too, is not, not just learning, but being – you know, it, in aviation and, and fulfilling that passion, one of the things that I like to do is I listen to Teresa Eamon online, and she does a lot of period acting, you know, during World War II and likes to, you know, do all those standards. And usually she's kind of dressed up uh, in, in an outfit, kind of back to the period, and she drink, brings in aviation. She's great. She is. She's just so sweet and just, just a great, great performer, that's for sure. Uh, so Yeah, I think right now she's doing it like every Saturday night. So check check Facebook and yeah. As a matter of fact, I tell you what, we'll, we'll throw a we'll throw a link in there. That's for sure, uh, and we'll we'll put it down at the bottom here as far as her Facebook page and her Facebook Live, and just just a, a sweet sweet person. But uh, and I think uh, well, Sean, were you you going to talk about something like a, a, a webinar or something like that? Is that what you were talking about? Yeah, totally. So you know, I, I know there's a lot of sort of interactive things going on right now with everybody working from home. They're also finding ways to to sort of instruct from home and, and have the aviation meetups, but there's also still um, just the online uh, ground schools that are out there. Um, and, and one, you know, I, I, I used to work there, full disclosure, I think they're great. Sporty's just released a new uh, intro to aerobatics, which is kind of fascinating. It's not anything that I've ever done. I'm not sure if it's anything that I ever will do. But just to kind of see just the whole theory behind aerobatics and behind all the maneuvers is, is pretty fascinating. They've got uh, Patty Wagstaff, who, you know, any of us who, who had their first sort of uh, flying experiences on Microsoft Flight Simulator from, what was that, about 98 on, I think uh, Patty Wagstaff was kind of our first virtual flight instructor. <laughs> and so to, to kind of um, see her teaching aerobatics and the theory behind it, uh, kind of illustrated maneuvers, um, it's a new digital course that's out there. That uh, that I think is pretty fascinating. Yeah, those those webinars and those seminars, those online things. I kind of we can kind of lump those into one because a lot of them are recorded uh, live. A lot obviously aren't too, but uh, I think that kind of goes in with all that. But the live stuff is pretty cool because you're you feel like you're right there with everybody else, kind of like uh, listening to Son of Fun live during the show and stuff like that. But uh, Victoria, we how about you? Have you been uh, doing any of these webinars or online course type of things where they're type of webinars? 
Well, first off, I actually, I don't know why I just got all nostalgic talking about the 1998 version of like flight Microsoft Flight Sim. My first flight simulator was early, early 90s, probably like 90, 91. And it was with Chuck Yeager and it was black and white. And he'd give you like, he'd, there'd be a picture of him like giving you a thumbs up if you landed it well. And if anyone remembers the name of that, I would love to pull that up again and see if it's like available for download on the web or something because it was a lot of fun um but uh, yeah with chuck yeager uh but i did just want to say like a lot of the 99s and women in aviation chapters they're doing their meetings remotely and then also how important those happy hours are and discussions with fellow pilots because i know when i first learned to fly i didn't have a group of friends to go to or a lot of mentors so if this COVID virus had happened when I was learning to fly, I might not go back to aviation or I might not know how to stay focused um, and keep, you know, my morale up when training. If it, um, you know, if I was all alone and didn't have these awesome happy hours and people to chat with on the internet, which is so, so helpful. So, you know, if you're feeling alone, like a lot of people are stuck in their homes, see if you can organize, you know, a little happy hour with fellow pilots to try to um, keep up the morale and keep uh, keep your brain, you know, fresh and powered for when you're ready to go back in the air again. Yeah, and that's uh, happening a lot with even the podcasters out there hosting so many different things. There's a bunch of them out there that have been doing some live. I know Pilot to Pilot was doing one. It's really cool uh, as far as keeping that morale going, and that's kind of what we're trying to do here is keep the keep the spirit moving, that's for sure. Um, hey, Tom, you know, I, was, I know you've been involved in a lot of, like, online courses and stuff like that as far as uh, videotaping, et cetera, but uh, how about actually getting involved? Have you been in watching some of those? Um, yeah, I've been trying to get back into, you know, and, and just back to the basics, I've actually gone back into like some of the, my wings courses and tried to get some more wings credits put together and some of the courses that are available just for free on the FAA site. Um, you know, that whole wings program and, and getting into it and, and trying to find an instructor to get you credit for stuff. Um, it may be harder to get into an airplane right now, but there's an awful lot of ground school and a, and a lot of uh, good information that you can glean at this particular time so i've been trying to poke around there and get myself refamiliarized. <laughs> you know tom it's kind of funny when you said that do you remember the ones we recorded what many years ago over in st petersburg uh and the, the audio we did and then i did the slides and stuff like that on youtube i wonder if we still have those on youtube i have to go look it's probably somewhere we could dig that dig those up uh, i think they're still yeah i think they're still there <laughs> i think i checked not too long yeah. ago i think that's that's still available. Yeah, so we'll, we'll go check that. It actually was interesting because I was I was putting some stuff out there I thought nobody would ever look at, and then I was like, oh, man, we better go, go back and change some of the slides and stuff like that because it didn't match up a little bit with the audio. Uh, but those are a lot of fun uh, to do, and those uh, seminars, actually, we're going to see more and more of this. And, and like Victoria just said, it's, it's one of the – I think with the whole new technology and the ability to do what we're doing right now from all over the country, one of the reasons I wanted to tell everybody where we were is – is that you know we really are connected and, and it has become such a small world uh, just because of the speed of the internet and the technologies at, at both ends and the ability to record and I think it's terrific. So Bill, um, you actually had uh, one other thing that was really cool as far as uh, what we're doing from home. So continuing on with that topic, uh, what was that next one that you had on your list? Um, 
I think, <laughs> was it the ground schools, which yes. Sean kind of touched on. Yeah, so Sean kind of touched on that a little bit, too. And what if you're working on a rating, um, what better time to knock that written test off than right now, right? That your written test is good for a while. Um, lots of um, folks are offering up the you know online uh, ground school training. I know there is a little bit of difficulty in some places getting in to actually take the written tests uh, because of uh, closures and everything, but at least you can knock off the knowledge part and get ready, get ready to go take that one. And uh, one that I spotted, a good friend of mine just did this, he's working on a, working on a private pilot right now, and he had uh, taken a, a vacation out to Hawaii last year, to Maui, and took an intro ride with the Maui Flight Academy. And they're all over the internet. Larry Balter's uh, school uh, is very well known. They went uh, online with their ground school, and Maui Flight Academy had a private pilot and instrument pilot ground school. So he figured, why not do that? So he took uh, my friend took that uh, private pilot uh, ground school um, online sessions with them. They uh, they would go every few days and give you give you some homework, and then you know you'd go online, be interactive online, and then you know you'd go off. So some self study and some uh, real live in there. And and if you can't go to Maui, at least you could virtually go to Maui and get your ground school done. And there's a ton of others like there out there. Not um, not saying that that one's the the only one out there by a long shot. There's a ton of them out there, but that one sounded like a lot of fun. Yeah, and so free. and it's free. and it's free. That's that's free. really cool. Yes, that's a great price, and yeah. plus you get to see Maui. Well, I, uh, yeah, Maui. Well, sort of, but well, virtually <laughs> and free. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the things that it comes up with that is how do you get your sign off, your endorsement? Uh, that's a good question. I'm not really sure how they do that. Yeah. So uh, some of these courses, obviously, when you do your your renewals and stuff like that, they'll you know endorse you for your for your you know for the for the written exam. Got to wait for that. Uh, there are some other ones. I guess you can do it online, but uh, some are through agencies, et cetera, 141 programs. I know what I'm doing with some of the students uh, is if they finish up the course and they have to get a certain score and a certain number of exams, uh, I will actually endorse their logbook, but it has to be done at a distance. And again, with the social distancing thing, uh, so it, the the logbook is handed over, wiped down, sign it, and then hand it back, and then they can go back and take that exam. Uh, what you said about as far as the examinations, the testing facilities, uh, from the experience we've had just recently. They're doing the social distancing, so you really have to make an appointment in advance because some of them, they can only put one person in the room at a time, and so you really, uh, it gets kind of a backlog. And the same thing, obviously, with uh, some of the examiners. Some are not uh, comfortable doing, uh, a lot of the examiners aren't, aren't comfortable doing exams with people. So if it's actually a check ride, it might be a little tougher. But but that's kind of what I'm doing as far as not doing a lot of them, obviously. But uh, and, and obviously for my nephew that lives with me because he's doing his written exam here shortly. That's that's simple. Um, but it's really something that, that can be challenging, you know, getting over to the written exam facilities and seeing if they're still open, that type of thing. Right. So... So anybody else uh, doing any written exams at home? I know I'm working on one right now, um, and I'm doing the uh, King's course and also doing ASA. I'm doing a bunch of them for uh, for the dispatcher's course. That's That's been a blast uh, as far as, you know, getting – and I don't need endorsement for that one, so I can go over and take it. So uh, as far as – let's see, what else we what else we have on the list here, Bill? I think that was it for yours. Um 
I actually, one of the things that I kind of wanted to bring up today, and I, I didn't want, I want to stay on the general aviation topic, but one thing we have to think about is our friends that run those those schools and those businesses in general aviation. And there's a few of us here that are actually involved in, in the GA business and also involved in, in the aviation business. And uh, Victoria, I don't, you know, one person that I know is very heavily involved in GA. I'm curious, Victoria, you know, how is it affecting you? And also possibly could you speak towards, since you're very involved in some of those businesses that you insure, how's it affecting their business right now? Well, I can tell you a lot of people are scared and nervous, um, especially business owners like, you know, that whole adage about, you know, um, how to make a small fortune in aviation, start with a large one, you know, so we're always trying to find ways to make aviation less expensive. And when your planes are grounded and not able to go flying, such as a lot of these flight schools that are shut down due to their state orders, they're very uncertain. You know, these CFIs aren't getting their paychecks. The schools aren't bringing in any rental money. Um, so there are a lot of people worried about um, how they'll go on after this and what they can do during this. So um, there's a lot of people that are really scared. And on the other hand, a lot of people are taking this um, time to buy aircraft. So I feel like I've still been getting plenty of quotations and people are sitting at home kind of shopping on barnstormers and controller and asking, you know, hey, how, how much would this be? So um, I'm seeing both ends of it. You know, some people are getting to make really good use of their time sitting around, but others, you know, their livelihoods are, uh, are threatened. And um, I think a popular question I've gotten lately is if rates will be lower um, because a lot of people have been grounded and there's not many people flying and so far, I don't see any signs of it going to be lower, um, especially because the, the losses, they haven't really lessened. We've had a lot of tornadoes lately, a lot of damaged airports with tornadoes. So even though some things aren't pilot error, um, there's still some costly uh, claims out there. Yeah, loss is a loss, right? And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, interesting. You know, uh, Victoria, I, what you know, we've talked about this insurance and, and things like that. I've done some changing the insurance on the aircraft, and it is fascinating to see how things are are very tied together. I know for us, I mean, you know, obviously I run a business uh, besides the airline flying. I fly hardly that much with the airline. It really is uh, changed. And a lot of folks, you know, to add to that, a lot of folks think, hey, you must be really busy doing a lot of the career coaching. Well, uh, a big part of that business over at Aviation Careers Podcast is the career coaching, but also the interview preparation. And our interview preparation has come to a screeching halt. We're down about 100% from a month ago. That's a lot. And uh, just overall, uh, business-wise, we're down about 50% because a lot of folks that we help, you know, they're, and I obviously I have coaching calls still going on, but uh, they're like stuck. They're stuck in their one spot. We're getting a lot of those calls like, what do I do next? Um, but it's really, I think it's hitting everybody in, in many different ways because they're, they're like, hey, I want to become a flight instructor. How do I do that? And, uh, you know, right now it's, it's kind of difficult for them. So they're continuing on with what they're doing. Uh, so it is, it's really, it's kind of get, and then what happens, of course, you know, you see those same people kind of not moving into, you know, that whole flying and getting in their airplanes and maybe flying a little bit less. Uh, but as far as the number of hours and should I, the, the other thing too, I'm sure Victoria, you hear a lot 
is, you know, hey, maybe I can, you know, maybe let my coverage lapse because I'm not really flying. What do you, I've heard that said a couple of times. What would you say to someone like that? Yeah. So that's a tricky situation, especially since we're in a hard market right now, all the rates are going up and the underwriters are really picky about um, training requirements and who gets, you know, who they'll allow to fly what. And um, especially for our older pilots, you know, seniors, 70 and up, if you're to let your policy lapse, like completely cancel it or not renew it if it's coming up soon, um, there's a real possibility you're not going to be able to get insurance again. Or if you do, the rate's going to be really hiked. So it's really not worth risking that, in my opinion, because I've seen people get, um, you know, in trouble with that in the past. So how about if you decide you're going to park your plane for a while? Is there different types of insurance? Like, say you get hit hard, you know, because your regular business is down. What happens there? So there are options. You can go to ground, not in motion coverage, which means basically the aircraft is insured for storage only, and there's no coverage for if you were to go in flying. Um, If you were like to take the aircraft for a flight and crash, it would have no coverage at all for the physical damage of the aircraft. Um, but if like a hangar collapse or something happened, there'd be coverage for that. Now, underwriters don't like to do that, um, unless, you know, it's going to be down for several months. So, you know, if we knew from the get go that COVID was going to be this big thing, like it is now, um, I would have put it to ground that motion way back then if we knew, but we could be going back to normal, like, you know, next month. So that aircraft's only down for a month. You're not going to save that much money. It really depends on the situation and something you should talk with your broker about. But whenever an aircraft is down, let's say you're getting an engine overhaul or something, and you know it's going to be down for like three to six months, call your agent, have them move it to ground, not in motion coverage, and it'll save you. Yeah, that's a good idea. That um, I got to think about that because I might be having the same issue with mine. Speaking of flying, I know uh, one of the things that we talk about is solo flying. Uh, we haven't really talked there. I know a lot of the flight instructions down. Obviously, I can do some flight instruction because I'm doing it with family, but I have a client of one, <laughs> so you're not going to make a, a living on that. But if uh, if you're out there and you're flying, a lot of schools are allow you to go solo. But there are people and a lot of listeners that actually have their own airplanes uh, or have access to an airplane that type of thing so i was wondering how about uh how about you folks are are you flying are you going flying solo i know tom you've been able to get up in an airplane i think you've been able to get up in an airplane correct me if i'm wrong yeah i i've gone up flying a couple times it's been what it's been three weeks now since i've been in an airplane and uh i think i'm starting to develop a little twitch Uh, i really am uh, missing it um i'd like to get back into one as quick as possible um, I think if I could teach right now, I don't know if I would or if I wouldn't, you know, it, it really depends upon the opportunity and what the situation was, you know, um, but I'm not flying at the moment. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm not flying much as far as the GA stuff at the moment. I uh, have to go in for work, obviously, and, and still flying there, which, by the way, it's pretty freaky out there, not seeing anybody in the airport, uh, walking into a place, you know, like a, a you know, a JFK airport and seeing hardly anybody there. It's kind of kind of scary there, that's for sure. But, uh, but, yeah, going down to the GA ramp, I just went there today, actually right before this, and there's people out there. They're they're flying around. They're getting out there. As a matter of fact, uh, I see a lot of folks in their hangars, and you know, came back from their flights and saying hi afterwards. 
afterwards. Uh, this morning I saw a buzz of activity, especially at the airport. Uh, and I talked to my mechanic this morning because he's doing some work on the plane. And, yeah, they're, they're super-duper busy right now. Uh, Sean, you've been up. Uh, I've seen some pictures on your, your Facebook uh, post. But what's, uh, what's been going on with you as far as flying? Yeah, so I kind of mentioned earlier, I got my flight instructor ticket in January and got uh, hired on at one of the local schools uh, part-time because I still have a full-time gig to teach right before this all blew up. And so I figured, well, I'm going to hold off on teaching until you know it feels like it's a little bit uh, more safe thing, especially since it's not my primary source of income. So um, I was just starting to come up with my 90 days. Uh, so I was just up on Friday getting my uh, takeoffs and landings. And while I was uh, on the ramp, I did see uh, one of the other instructors who, who sounds like he's still going pretty much as normal with a lot of precautions. Um, there are some changes at the school. They're dispatching the airplanes um, without touching each other. They've put disinfectant spray and wipes in each uh in each airplane now so they're they're doing what they can to make things as safe as possible um but i think everyone's just sort of making their own calculation as to whether or not they want to kind of engage in that right now with me you know i've got a full-time job outside of aviation right now while i'm planning to teach part-time so for me that role that i just isn't worth it right now until themes calm down a bit but i think for a lot of instructors they're uh kind of making their own calculations and going forward full-time just with whatever precautions they can. Yeah, that's an interesting topic. We've seen that all, all online, so uh, we'll, we'll leave that where it is. But uh, it, it's good that you're actually able to get up and you're still able to use the, the aircraft at the school, that's for sure. You know, I actually haven't landed, you know, my plane's in the shop, and I haven't actually landed a plane in, in about 30 days. Uh, so I've got another about 60 days till, uh, you know, I go, you know, I'm, I'm not current anymore. And both in the twin engine plane that I fly and also in the, the single engine that I fly. So I know, Victoria, that's something that, that I think is a big concern, isn't it? It is currency in multiple ways. I know I am not current to carry passengers right now um, due to just winter being winter and then uh, this hitting. So that's an issue. Um, also, I want to bring up. Did, does anyone have a medical coming up? I know a lot of people can't get into an AME, and the FAA just issued some um, exemptions, you know, allowing you to fly without a medical. Um, wondering if if you had to, how, how safe do you feel flying without that? Well, guys, Victoria, I, I, uh, it's interesting. We've, uh, especially, you know, the twin that I fly at work, we actually are seeing a lot of people medical out, and they're uh, they're letting the, you know, continue on. From a, a personal standpoint, I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm all right with flying the, with the folks that uh, don't uh, have the quote unquote current medical or the, even the current landing. You know, they're pushing the landings back too, as far as currency, with the FAA, but. Uh, but yeah, it it all depends. I think I think as pilots in general, this is my opinion: is that we we really are concerned about our safety and safety of others. And I really don't think we're going to go up if we're uh, we don't feel we're you know medically competent to go fly. So, uh, but yeah, so that's kind of my viewpoint on that. Uh, Bill, is there any? I mean, anybody else uh, that's actually uh, had their medicals expire and trying to get it? I know Larry. We were talking the other day, and and you still got to get your your medical, don't you? Yes, sorry, I was on mute there. Um, so yeah, I'm I actually planning to pull over basic med when I have my uh, upcoming annual physical with my doctor. So uh, that's the plan at this point. You know, uh, one of the thing I do want to mention on that is the 
as far as the medicals are concerned, because I one of the big parts of my business, I help people with, uh, you know, navigating a little bit with the FA and, and their medicals and give some advice there. We, we have seen a little bit of slowdown uh, because of what's been going on. And you would think that that doesn't make sense when you first think it. And it did make sense to me. But if you think about it, they go to work also. And yeah, they can work remotely. But a lot of times, uh, th- this slows the whole process down from you know the standpoint of getting the records in and looking at them and, and scanning certain things in. So that's, uh, that's actually something that I think a lot of people, you know, really don't realize is that every single thing in that whole process does slow down uh so but that's a good point you bring up there uh you know that that's uh that's something i i'm starting to worry about but again we have uh, and i started worrying about the landings like i said i've actually flown uh a lot but i haven't actually landed a plane uh because uh you know i work at a two-pilot crew where the the captains have been doing a lot of the landings i haven't been able to get any so i've got about 30 days to go there but uh Anyway, let's move on to a happier topic besides uh, expectations of medicals. One of the things that someone brought up, uh, and uh, this is something that one of our listeners wanted us to talk a little bit about, and I thought this was really cute. And I, I said, you know, I, I definitely will bring it up to the, the whole crew at the Stuck Mike Avcast. One of the ways that this listener had told us that he was keeping himself excited about aviation was watching uh, movies and aviation-related movies and documentaries and and things like that. And uh, I was like, uh, you know, yeah, gosh, that that actually is something that I've started to kind of look into and uh, just was wondering what some of our, you know, maybe even if you haven't watched one lately, what you might be looking at uh, watching in the near future uh, as far as uh, the movies, but one of the things that always comes up, I obviously, and I'll, I'll start off. I, I I had all right. I'll admit it. I actually went and watched it. Was remember Airplane? I absolutely love that show. It's so so kooky, and I love my favorite part of the show is when you see the jet going by and you hear turbo prop engines whirling in the background. So I still get a kick out of that. I know it's simple, but uh, anybody else, who else has been watching any kind of aviation documentaries or, or films out there? Larry, have you been uh, watching any of them? <laughs> no, but one that's on my list that came up recently was uh, Air Force One. I love the line, get off my plane. So uh, that's that's always a, a good one to go back and rewatch every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fun. How, uh, Russ? What have what have you uh, what have you been uh, watching online as far as documentaries <laughs> or movies? I'm almost embarrassed to admit it, but I I watched the movie 2012. Um, you know about whatever the end of the world or whatever, only because it has a see the Cessna 340 scenes where they don't seem to be able to climb at all. <laughs> You know, the plane does not climb. They got to dodge the falling buildings, and all. it's just totally ridiculous, of course. But but fun flying scenes anyway to laugh at. Yeah, they they sure are. Uh, one of the things that I actually I'll, I, and I'll, another one I like to watch, I still watch over and over, uh, is you remember the High and the Mighty? Uh, that show that was back in the fifties, I think it was somewhere back then. It sure. Was, oh my God, I love that movie. I don't know what it is about that movie. Maybe it's the 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 genre, obviously the the era. I, I, I don't get it. <laughs> it just just kind of turns me on, that's for sure. Um, and, Bill, I think you were mentioning before that we have uh, another movie that I think everybody has been anticipating to come out uh, soon. And what one is that? So I'm so disappointed. Top Gun 2 was supposed to be, what, June? And now I read they've delayed it until November because of all this. So <laughs> uh, just a few more a few more months before we see 
an old middle-aged guy about my age flying around in an F-18. I'm not really sure that we could suspend disbelief, but it'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a blast. I can't wait. Uh, uh, Tom, you've been, uh, I think you were watching a movie recently. What were you watching as far as aviation's concerned? Oh, I, I don't sit still well, so I don't watch a lot of movies. I just got caught up. I, I just saw American Made for the first time, and it was awesome. I mean, it was it was cool to sit back in as a pilot and, and think, no, you can't do that, you know? And it, but there was some really cool scenes in that movie, and it was it was cool. There was a lot of airplanes all the way through it, and, and uh, that definitely um, gave me the fix I needed for, for the moment that I was watching it. It was pretty good. I love that they called out that the airplane had too much weight, and he was like, no, no, no. Like, that's the most accurate thing I've seen in a movie about aviation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I think I, uh, out of everything that I saw in there, I think I want to go in there. I want to tap somebody's wing one of these days. <laughs> so, Sean, you've been watching any aviation movies? Yeah, you know this. Uh, this past week was the 50th anniversary of Apollo 13, and uh, there were a lot of cool events uh, kind of surrounding that um, online, actually, of sort of rewatches and revisiting it with uh, Jim Lovell. I think the Smithsonian Museum did a, a Facebook Live with Jim Lovell kind of recounting the entire experience. It's a little bit higher altitude than most of the flying that we're doing, but uh, yeah, you can never go back and get enough uh, enough of, you know, three guys up in a capsule and all the people supporting them at Mission Control to, to get them home after the, uh, after the explosion. Um, you know, the movie's, what, 25 years old now, and it still doesn't, uh, doesn't seem to get old to me. I think it's apropos for the times we're in, too, knowing that they made it through such a tough time, and, and we're going to do the same, I think. So that's awesome that you brought that up, that's for sure. But uh, anyway, I think this, is, this has been really awesome, talking about all the things that we can do uh, as far as from home, aviating from home and keeping our passion alive. Uh, you know, we have all these other things that we have available to us, both the Instagram and, uh, you know, the podcast, YouTube, all sorts of neat stuff that's out there. And I'd really encourage you to get out there and start watching them. As a matter of fact, I, re I went on and started watching uh, a YouTube channel about an aviator. And I, I thought it was really cool because it was a plane that I never flown and he would take you along on flights and stuff like that. I'm actually decided to put one on uh, right uh, coming up shortly. I shouldn't commit to this because it was actually a, a vlog that we did as a flight down to Okeechobee uh, prior to them shutting all this down. And I thought it'd be kind of cool to bring you all along for that ride. And uh, so I'll put that out on the, the uh, YouTube channel. That's for sure. So uh, anyway, so that's, uh, that's what we have. Bill, uh, I really want to say thanks for bringing up this topic. I think this was a, a great idea. It's really uh, is inspiring for us as aviators to talk about the things that we're doing in aviation from home. So thanks so much, Bill. Well, yeah. Well, I had to explain why I'm running around my driveway with chalk and sticking my arms out like wings so, <laughs> and, and the kids next door you know yeah they're all bad at me now yeah. <laughs> that's funny so uh but uh anyway as far as uh the the rest of you out there that are listening get out there and do something in aviation get out to your living room and do something in aviation it's uh, really really cool i think it's awesome to to see people that have really been able to stretch their passion and and keep things moving uh, and you know you don't need an airplane to go out and fly just go ahead and chair fly it is a lot of fun in the airplane i'm hoping mine will come back soon our picks of the week so let's move on to our after landing checklist and the picks of the week and bill since you started us off i'm gonna have you start off on your pick of the week 
Okay, my pick of the week stays with the theme here of uh, things you can do at home. And this is for the kids. Those of you who have kids stuck at home to Redbird, the simulator company. Um, there's a thing called STEM Lab. Uh, we'll put the link in the show notes, but they've been putting up, uh, if I think they've had three or four of them up now, uh, videos uh, for, you know, targeted at the junior high and high school uh, level kids to introduce them to aviation. So take a look at that, especially if you've got some kids home from school. Cool, the virtual STEM lab. We'll have a link to that in the show notes, of course. And you can look at all the other picks of the week, by the way, in the website where it says picks of the week. Uh, my pick of the week is actually the YouTube channel. Like I said, we're going to put some more stuff out there. And by the way, one thing I really want to mention, if you know anybody that's in aviation that's wanting to get uh, looking towards a job and becoming a CFI or anything like that, I had just put out a video about your pilot resume in five simple steps. It's quick seven minute video, how to put your pilot resume together. And we have a free gift at the end where you can actually get some samples of pilot resume. So go check that out on our YouTube. You can go to stuck my Gavcast, cl- uh, click on YouTube. It's that simple. So, um, Russ, what is your pick of the week? My pick of the week, we are back to a book. So that's good. I know there were several episodes where it wasn't a book and y'all were surprised. So uh, this book is called Fly Girls, How Five Daring Women Defied All Odds and Made Aviation History. Uh, it's it's about uh, flying in the 20s and 30s and uh, five of the female pilots of that era. Of course, it talks about Amelia Earhart, which everybody knows a, a lot about. But uh, there's also Florence Klingensmith, uh, Ruth Elder, Ruth Nichols, and Louise Thaden, who were all uh, prominent uh, female pilots in that era, and there's it's a well-written book. There's a lot of history around it. It's not it's not just about these women. It's about the whole, you know, what was going on in aviation at the time. And and I found it pretty interesting. I will admit I'm only halfway through, but uh, it's still a pick of the week. I think that's okay. Uh, there is another book that's titled Fly Girls about the wasps. So. Uh, don't get them confused, I guess. <laughs> we'll have the link in the show notes. Yeah, we'll have a link down in the show notes for that. And that's, uh, that's a really cool book. I haven't actually made it through that, um, and I've been flipping through it. So now you've inspired me to go back and, and read that. Oh, good. Are you actually, do you read these, by the way, I was going to ask you, all these books you've done, do you usually do them on uh, paperback, hardback, or Kindle? How do you read them usually? Uh, mostly Kindle. Oh, okay. Most of, most of the books I've recommended have been like Kindle, yeah. Cool. So most of these are available online, so you don't have to run to the bookstore or wait for it to come through. It'll come right on your device. That's awesome. Just want Correct. to point that out. That whole theme of doing it from, you know, being at home and trying to <laughs> solve your passion, you know, issues as far as aviation is concerned. So, uh, Tom, what is your pick of the week? Yeah, so I was uh, flipping through the uh, aviation weather site the other day and, and saw something under the observations under ceilings and visibility that they are getting rid of that page. And they're directing you over to another tool that they have called the HEMS tool, which is the uh, helicopter emergency um, medical um, services. And this tool is, uh, they're going to, go over to this and, and use the model from that to replace the ceilings and visibility. And uh, along with our theme tonight of learning new things and just trying to keep up and, uh, up to date and keep my head in the game, um, I found this hems to be a really robust place to kind of look and see some weather. Like I said, when I'm doing these little planning for trips and stuff like that, um, it's a great place to see visually what's going on. Um, there's all sorts of layers that you can put in there and the thing that's really cool about this for us uh you know people who like to fly low and slow it gives you all sorts of information like wind speed and relative humidity and temperatures between one and five thousand feet so you can get all this information close to the ground that you normally wouldn't get um in in some of the other places on the site so it's something worth playing with and just uh knocking around when you got some extra time on your hands 
And we'll have that in the show notes, but you can find that at aviationweather.gov. That's pretty cool. Thanks uh, for bringing that up. That's something new I haven't been able to try. So awesome, Tom. Appreciate that. On to the next pick of the week, it's uh, Larry. Larry, what is your pick of the week? The EAA Hints for Home Builders uh, website series has over 500 videos on how to uh, you know, learn a new skill, how to weld, how to whatever, um, uh, or how to build a certain kind of a, a you know, component, how to work with metal, how to work with wood, uh, how to work with fabric. And so if you're interested in learning anything about how to build an airplane, uh, it's a great place. Like I say, over 500 videos, uh, it'll keep you busy for hours. Well, cool. That's uh, that's awesome. I like those little uh, EAA learning uh, hits for home builders. There's uh, really good videos out there. I've been watching that. Uh, Sean, what is uh, your pick of the week? Mine is a uh, book called Skyfaring. Uh, picked this up last year. It's by a, a pilot named Mark Van Henniker, who uh, I believe is a, is based in England. He's a 747 pilot, and um, it's really interesting. It's not like one continuous story. It's more just sort of his own collection of observations each uh chapter is a a different thing he's got one on lift he's got one on water air uh encounters that he has with uh, passengers and other crew members and it's interesting because a lot of the what he talks about are sort of ideas that i've felt as a fan of aviation but that i never really knew how to verbalize um things he talks about like place lag as opposed to time lag where you're still sort of feel like you're stuck in a previous city when you get to the next city and things like that um that really uh, kind of fascinating um so it's uh, about 300 pages long and a really really interesting kind of collection of ideas and thoughts over his uh airline career awesome thanks for that sean our next and uh, last pick of the week is victoria what is your pick of the week well, we all know one of the most like mysterious things to happen to aviation is uh, the disappearance of Amelia Earhart. And the other day I was scrolling through Disney Plus and found the two-hour special that Nat Geo um, put out last fall, I believe, Expedition Amelia. And it features the, the gentleman who found the Titanic and all his awesome technology and what they used to try to... Um, track down what happened to her and find evidence of her aircraft um, off an island in the middle of nowhere in the ocean. And um, they just kind of followed the most plausible um, belief of what might have happened to her. So it was, it was really interesting. Um, we still don't know what the heck happened, but <laughs> the, the documentary was fun to watch regardless of knowing the ending. Yeah, spoiler alert. But uh, yeah, that's that was a terrific show. That's and I tell you, we really should watch it because there's a lot of theories that they uh, talk about that sometimes we've heard, and they really go into a long explanation of that. So thanks for that pick of the week, Victoria. It's been wonderful. Oh yeah. Hey, you know, I really appreciate everybody uh, listening. We're kind of getting back to what we've been doing for the Stuck Mike Avcast. Uh, we're going to have some interview shows in between our regular shows that come out on the 1st and the 15th, so listen for them. Uh, but if you're at home, I want to know what you're doing to fulfill your passion in aviation. In general aviation, what type of flying you're doing from home. Maybe it's in your own airplane. We'd love to hear from you. Send us some pictures. Uh, just go to Stuck Mike Avcast and uh, click on the contact button. Go follow us on Instagram, and we'd like to hear, you know, what is it What is it you're doing to fulfill your passion in aviation? Well, folks, we'll talk to you next episode, and safe flying out there. You've been listening to the Stuck Mike Abcast. 
Members of the Stock Mike Adcast may receive compensation for products or services mentioned during the podcast. Compensation may be received in the form of, but not limited to, referral commissions, free products or service trials. Our opinions and views are never influenced by any compensation, and you should always perform your own due diligence before purchasing any products or services mentioned during the show. The Stuck Mike Avcast is an aviation podcast and a Valeri Aviation Corporation production.